Well, that was awkward. No, it wasn't too bad. Man, it's so good to see you guys. Welcome back. It is great to have you here. Uh, my name is Pastor Nino, and the first thing I want to do this morning is introduce you to my wonderful family, because I've got a great wife, and uh, she's here in the front row, and we have been married. This is Tammy. We've been married for 28 years. She's, she just said to me, you got it right. Good job. Hey, when you've been married this long, you can forget some things at times, but... Uh, Man, we've been married 28 years and just so thankful for you. Uh, you're such a great woman, great, uh, great wife. And uh, we're going to just stop right there. She, she doesn't like the attention. Oh, she's like doing this. Cut it off. Um, so we have four beautiful kids. Three of them are not here, uh, and, but one of them is. And Matthew, my son, is here. So Matt, thanks for being here. Sitting all alone. Oh, he's so lonely. Just kidding, Matt. He's never lonely. Get over there with Chris. Give Pastor Chris a hug. Um, so, yeah, so uh, married 28 years, four amazing children, and I got something else to show you, a picture of the cutest baby in the world. Get ready to be wrecked. That is our little baby girl. That's our granddaughter, Amelia. She turned one yesterday. So we were in Fort Wayne yesterday celebrating Amelia, and oh man, I can't even look at her. She's so cute. She is, isn't she? You, it's not just me, is it? She's cute. I know, not every baby's cute. I realize that. I mean, they're all cute to their parents, but she actually is. She's cute. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just, it, it's first Sunday of the year, so I wanted to kind of just introduce my family. Uh, some of you are new. Um, and, of course, I just look for an excuse to always show a picture of Amelia. Um, and, you know, people that know my wife and I, uh, I've heard this said about us many times. Like, oh, you know, Nino and Tammy, they're all about family. They're all about family, you know. And, yeah, I, I would say that's true. Um, we definitely are. But it's, I hope it's not just something that we're about. It's all of us should be about family because family is not my idea. I didn't come up with family. God is the one that came up with family. The family is created by God, and it's his uh, dream. It was, he was the one that instituted family. And as you look into the scriptures, you'll, as we're going to do today, you'll see that family is integral to the purpose of God and the plan of salvation. So you can't divorce family from God. God is the creator of the family. So today we're going to talk about family of course, I needed to um, title my sermon, give it an Italian name, because I'm Sicilian, even though some people here blaspheme and say I'm not a real Sicilian. I am, because blood is thicker than any national boundaries, and, uh, and the name of my sermon is La Familia, La Familia. There it is. There we go. I want to pray with you. So we're going to talk about family. And, um, and I realize that, man, that just that word family probably creates thoughts in your mind, feelings in your heart, some good, some bad. I mean, it's all over the place. But what I want to do is just pray that God will really direct us today to understand how central family is and what family plays in our campus church here, and specifically our small groups. So would you join me in prayer? 
Let's invite the Holy Spirit, and let's ask him to really anoint your ears to hear, my mouth to speak, and let's listen to what the Lord wants to say. Father, we thank you that you created family. It's not our idea. We didn't come up with it, but we are grateful for it. And we pray that today as we look at the word of God that you would speak to our hearts. We ask that you would direct us and guide us. Father, I pray that my message will be more than eloquent speech and, you know, funny stories or whatever like that. We don't need that. What we want is your heart for family. Your heart, Lord, is what we seek. So, Lord Jesus Christ, we pray that you will pour forth the Spirit of God, that you will anoint me to speak and anoint us to hear. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So, now, when I, when I think of the word family, I also think of another word that is associated with that, which would be birth. Uh, because every time there is a birth, it creates a family, correct? So birth creates family. And today I'm going to talk about what I think are three of potentially the greatest births in all of human history. And the first one we're going to talk about is actually the birth of humanity itself. So we're going to go back all the way to the beginning. You ready? We're, going to, we're not going to go back just to Deuteronomy. We're going to Genesis. We're going all the way back, Genesis chapter 1. If you want to read, you can. I'll read it to you. But if you want to open up your Bibles, uh, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 1, just verses 26, 27, 28, because we're going to look at the first birth, the first family, if you will, which is the birth of mankind. So verse 26 in Genesis 1, let's read it together. God said... Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That was for my wife. She loves creepy things on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let's stop right there. The first thing I want you to realize is that when God created humanity, he did not create a soul, isolated individual for all eternity, but he created a family, a man, a woman. That is the basis of the family. He created male and female, and then he gave them a command. And, and you know, when I, if I was to ask you guys this morning, what are some of the commandments of God? If I went on campus and asked people that were somewhat familiar with the Bible, they somewhat understood scriptures a little bit, even if they went to church or didn't, and you asked them, I mean, you could try it sometime. Hey, what are some of God's commandments? What, what does he command us to do? What do you think they would probably be the first thing in their mind? Ten commandments, right? Many of them seen it on their wall. They would know it. They'd say, ah, uh, I think something's like you're not supposed to lie. Yeah, that's good. Uh, not supposed to, like, Steal, commit adultery, you know, worship false gods. Yeah, all that is true. And the Ten Commandments are the backbone of the moral system. I, I love the Ten Commandments. I appreciate them. But I want you to realize here, and this is something people really overlook, they're not the first command ever given to humanity. 
Did you catch it in here? Let's look at it again. Verse 28. God blessed Adam and Eve, the first family, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So the first commandment that our grandparents ever received, because Adam and Eve are your grandparents, no matter what nation you're from here, we all descended from them originally. The first commandment was that they would reproduce, procreate children. That's, that's the big number one. Get married, have children. And what he was saying was, be a part of my creation and create a family. And so they did. And they got busy. And they got to work. And they had babies. And out of those babies and out of that family, all of humanity has sprung. Tammy and I tried to contribute. We have four kids. It's only a small part. But we got a lot of young people here that are just starting their life. You guys are all going to help. I thought everybody would say amen. All right. Maybe not. God created, and family is amazing. La familia, family, the family, the family. It is central to who we are. The family is the building block of society. It's the foundational element. We talk about with matter being built and founded upon atoms as one of the smallest substructures of, of, of the physical world. I'm telling you that the civilization you're a part of, the world you're a part of, is built upon the family. The family is the future. If you want to know the future of the world, look at the family. Look at how the families are doing because the family is what everything is built upon. Every institution, every organization, everything is foundationally built upon the family because the family raises the children that become the civilization you're in. Does that make sense? And I love my family. And I've got great, man, I have so many memories. I've got and all of us have good memories, and some are painful. I realize that. But as I was praying for this sermon, I felt like the, potentially this was the Holy Spirit encouraging me to encourage you that when you think of your family, and, and if you think of some of the painful memories and the hurt that happened, don't allow that to, to sour your understanding of what family can be. Because you don't have to be defined by your past. You don't have to be defined by your past. Your past will not, and man, let me tell you, your generation, this is tough because there's so many people attempting to, to create victims among young people, to wallow in the pain. And I'm going to tell you, Tammy and I didn't have perfect upbringings. We have great memories and we have some that are painful, but the past doesn't define who we are. Jesus does. Jesus Christ defines who we are and who we will become. And so I want to give you hope today to look to Christ as you think about who you are in your future family. And, and at the same time, I do have some great memories, and I hope you do too. I hope when you think about your family, it conjures up some cool images. One thing I think about when I think of family is holidays. Man, in the Sicilian side of my family, I mean, hey, Italians have a lot of problems, but one thing they have that's good is they know how to cook good food. Man, that's true, right? Like, if you're going to have somebody cater in heaven, hire the Italians. 
You know what I'm saying? Don't hire the British. You know, it would be like boring food. But it's like potatoes and bland chicken. All right, no thanks. Bring the Italians in. You know what I'm saying? Bring in. Where's Luigi, Tony? So, um, and when I, think, when I think of my dad's side of the family, you know, my mom's side was uh, Irish. Uh, that's probably where my son gets his size. You know, they got some strong barbarian blood. Thank God. Balance this out. Um, and then my dad's side was Sicilian. And man, when we would, Christmas was amazing. I still remember going to Grandpa and Grandma Grisco's at Christmas time. And I remember, I can tell you, I remember the smell of the house still to this day. I remember what it was like walking in. I remember the sound of the door, opening it up. I remember my grandpa would whistle, and he had a specific whistle. When people would pull up, he would whistle, and the men would whistle back to him. And it was just like a, a little family thing. I remember my grandma, oh, man, not only was she beautiful, but she could cook beautiful lasagna. Uh, anybody like lasagna? If you don't, get saved. Go meet Jesus. Um, she would make pasta sauce and meatballs, and all, and all my cousins would come over. And there was 14 of us cousins. Um, there was five aunts and uncles. There's my grandpa and grandma, and sometimes random people show up that I didn't even know who they were, but it was fun to have them. And, uh, man, we would come over, and immediately the kid, all the cousins would go down in the basement. And we were just, we were crazy. The boys, we'd, we'd break things, and we'd be wrestling and fighting. There was, anybody understand those moments? Oh, that was fun, man, getting in trouble. And we'd be in the basement, and, and then I would, and you'd smell the sauce. And, uh, you just couldn't wait for the good meal. And uh, the only problem with the basement was there was a black bear head on the wall. And that was scary for me as a little guy because it was a real bear. It was, it was a bear from when... Uh, my dad and his brother Tony and my grandpa, they were hunting for deer, and Tony saw a black bear when he was in the, in the blind. And Kennedy's like, let's get it. So he shot the bear. He killed it. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a great hunter. Let's be real. I'm not a hunter at all. <laughs> let's, hey, truth be told, I've never hunted. Okay, I lost my man card. Fine. But, my, but Tony could, and he killed the bear, and I don't know how they brought the, the head home from Canada, Elliot, but the head was on the wall. And and I remember we, all the kids would come up to the bear. Was anybody, did anybody have, like, uncles, grandpas that had, like, heads? It kind of scary a little bit when you're a little kid. And I'd, you try to touch the little, the, I'd go up to touch the teeth. Freaked me out, man. It just was, like, so big. And I almost thought it's going to come alive, even though I knew it was dead. Again, you got to look through the eyes of a five-year-old boy. I know this is weird. But through the eyes of a boy, it was scary. But we'd be down there with the bear. We'd be wrestling, having fun, and then the food would be ready. We'd come up, and we'd have the food and the meal. And then I'd hear my grandma constantly, just like she'd be just, just scooping more pasta. Manja, 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 manja. I mean, you couldn't stop, which is fine. Noah would be, it, basically, we almost heaven. More and more. He'd have like three pounds of pasta. Oh, and you're an Italian, so you're lucky. So... Um, and we would eat the food, and then it would be always the grand finale was the same. We would all go down to the basement, and then Grandpa Grisco would sit in his seat. And I could tell you the same seat. I know where it was. He'd get out the projector, and he would show slides of family pictures, you know, like weddings and parties and vacations and baptisms and everything. And um, this wasn't like PowerPoint, guys. I mean, it was literally drop the slide in. You ever seen the carousel, the round carousel with the real slides? 
1978. I mean, we're talking before you were born, uh, way before. And, uh, and we just laugh and, and had that moment together. But family, the family is so formative. And that, what I experienced with my family was not my grandparents' idea. It was God's idea. He created the first family through the birth of humanity. Now, I want to go on to the second birth, which is uh, very, 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 very important, which is the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to think about this. When Christ came to earth, he could have come any way, right? He could have just shown up. He could have came riding on some crazy horses, man, from heaven, like flames of fire. That'd be impressive, you know, going around the earth. I mean, forget the fake Santa Claus. I'm talking he could have, he could have done it. He could have came on flames of fire. He could have come with earthquakes, with lightning, with anything he wanted to do. But when God chose to become man, how did he do it? He came through the womb of the Virgin Mary. He came through the family. And that was the creation of the holy family. Let's show you the picture. The holy family of Joseph, Mary, and Christ. That God's purpose, God's plan of salvation was that I will reveal myself in a way that I've never revealed myself. I've spoken through the prophets. I've spoken through Moses. I've spoken through Abraham. I've spoken in many ways. But in the... In the fullness of time, when God wanted to speak in a way to you, he's never spoke. By actually taking on flesh, he came through the womb of the virgin, and he created the holy family. A family. Jesus was raised in a family. He learned in the family. He was taught by Joseph. He was taught by Mary. The family is central to our entire history of salvation. It is the family. And um, the first birth is what? The birth of humanity. The second birth that we're talking about is the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And thirdly, and finally today, I want to talk about another birth, which is the birth of the church. The birthday of the church, which is a family. Before we do, I want to show you... uh, a picture of one of my favorite churches that's being constructed right now in Barcelona. I don't speak Spanish. I met a Portuguese speaker today. Uh, I don't know if anybody speaks Spanish. How do you say that in Spanish? Like, how, like, let me really hear it. All right, that's it. I can't say it that way. I didn't know you spoke Spanish. <laughs> he says, see. Sí. All right. Um, Beautiful structure. It's in Barcelona. It was uh, designed by Gaudí, who's you know died many many years ago, but amazing architect. Um, still under construction. It's been under construction, I think, 120 years. Let me show you the next pictures. The interior is my favorite. Very interesting. Just beautiful style. The the, the stone, the pillars. Uh, I've got to go there. I mean, dream for me and my boys. Go to Barcelona. Watch Barcelona play. Uh, soccer, and, and then go pray in that place. You know what I mean? What a great, and then have some Spanish food at about 10 or 11 at night. Oh, come on. It, it, isn't that, if that doesn't get you fired up and excited, man, you need, you're asleep. I mean, that just like perfection day. Um, 
and pretty amazing that that church is called the Holy Family, isn't it? It's the Holy Family, named after the Holy Family. So why am I showing you that? Well, one, it's beautiful, but I, but I want to make a point with you that, yes, we call that building a church, but theologically, that's not the church. The church is a family of believers that love Christ, love each other, and love the lost. The church is organic. It's alive. It is the greatest family in the entire world. It's all over. All the continents. It's spread across the face of the earth. The church is a family. We're one small part of it. The church might worship Christ in that building, but that building is not technically a church. It's a beautiful building for the church to worship. Does that make sense? The church is a family. Well, the final birth that we're talking about is the birth of of the church. And um, does anybody know the birthday of the church and what chapter of Acts we find the birthday of the church? Anybody know? And what chapter would that be? Dos. Wrong. Just kidding. You were close, Dakota. Uh, Hey, but you're right. The day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down is the birthday of the church. And we find that in the book of Acts chapter 2. And um, as I said, all of these births are integral to God's plan of salvation. The creation of humanity, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then the birth of his church, which is the family of God. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. I want to dig in and close this morning by talking a little bit about what that family was like. I told you what my family did, and there's a lot more I could tell you, trust me. I bet you got some funny stories and some good stories too. But I thought this morning we should look at what did the first family do? The first family that is being the church in Acts 2. So look at Acts chapter 2, verse 41. This is right after the Apostle Paul preaches, and many people embrace the message. And look what it says here, verse 41. Those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. They had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. When I read this passage in Acts 2, and I read about people that were praying together, young men and women that were worshiping Christ together, old men and women that were eating meals together, those that saw a need and they were willing to sell assets and, and, and take the money and give it to those in need. When I see this type of thing, I see family. I see a family that has bonds that are even stronger than blood. They're, bond to get, they're bound together through the Spirit of our Lord, through their faith and their baptism. They had become one as the body of Christ. The church was a family, and they were together a lot. Now, 
as you look for a church this fall, especially if you're new here, many of you are new, um, and I know that when you come to campus and it's your first time, you're trying to figure out what church am I going to be a part of, where should I go, let's check this out, check that out, what campus ministry. I want to encourage you to look most of all for a family of believers that will love you, that you can love, that you can do life with, that you can become good friends with, and that you can serve Christ together. Amen? A family. I remember uh, when I I'll share a story of how powerful this can be. When I was a brand new student here, many, many years ago, he walked on campus 1990. August, I I was a little early, got in my apartment, walked on campus, 1990. Probably didn't even have a Michigan shirt on, I don't know, but I do today. Go blue, (laughs) national championship this year. I had to get Chris fired up. Um, I walked on campus... And I said to myself, I was leaving my past behind. It was, a, it was a, a painful past spiritually, a lot of darkness, a lot of sin. And I wanted to get plugged into a campus ministry. And um, I came and I found this campus ministry. It was many years ago. And I'll never forget, we had our first worship service together. Um, and I felt the presence of God, which was amazing. And I was so excited to be in the presence of God with, with young people. And then after the service, they said, hey, let's go get some food. And we went to Thanos Pizza. Oh, it's not here anymore. I'm sorry, you guys. They had, it was like cottage inn, but better. Do you remember Thanos? Uh, it was a Greek place, and I'm going to make you guys so hungry for lunch. But you're, I don't know why they went out of business, but they would, this, this new ministry I found would go there, and we ate food together. And they talked about the Lord, and they laughed. And then after that, they went and they played games or something. And I remember thinking, wow, this is a family for me. This is what I need. You know, because my friends I was hanging out with before were leading me down a dark path, the wrong path of sin and bondage. And these people, they were amazing. And they became my family. And, and the ministry was integral to my life and to my uh, calling in ministry, my growth in Christ, my discipleship. It all happened in that context of family. And so as you look for churches, you look for campus ministries, I want you this year to look for a family, a group of people that you can connect with, brothers and sisters, that you can be tight with. And um, we, we actually have a student here that's going to talk about how uh, he found a family on campus uh, in, in something we call core groups. You could also call it small groups, but Core groups are, in my opinion, the best place that you can build a true brotherhood and sisterhood in Christ. It is a small group of usually 5 to 12 people that, meet, that live out Acts 2. That's what we're trying to do. Evangelism, discipleship, loving one another, sharing. That is our core groups. And so we had a new guy come in named Yoel. Yoel joined a, joined a core group. Led by, who were your core leaders? Man, good job, guys. And he was a core group member. Now this guy is actually one of our, whoa, that was, that was hard. That, uh, that was shocking. Now, now this guy is one of our core group leaders. So uh, we asked him to share a little bit about his testimony. And uh, if you guys could welcome Yoel. 
How's everyone doing? You guys still awake? It's almost lunchtime. Well, I'll make this quick, I promise, okay? So, Pastor Nino always just spent a ton of time talking about how important it is for everyone to find a family on campus. People find it in lots of different places, you know, clubs, you know, and stuff like this. Um, and as we said, Noah and Justin were my core leaders last year, and I think the biggest part of it for me was we had a lot of fun. We argued about what Oreo's the best multiple times, <laughs> but uh, it, it's not. <laughs> it's double stuff. Anyway, wow. so... <laughs> The golden ones. But, <laughs> but more than that, though, the biggest part of it was we, I felt like I had a community of people who was like a smaller and that I could really feel like I could grow in the word with them and kind of have a good time doing it. Um, that's one of our main goals is to kind of develop um, every, every person's kind of understanding of God and his word and do it together because it's more fun when it's together. But you can also learn from each other a lot more than you can on, on your own. Sometimes it can feel kind of difficult to really share what your thoughts are or, or how you're feeling or the struggles you have when you're in this like big amphitheater group when they're, when they're laying hands on people or whatever. So, some, so in core groups, the goal is to kind of make it feel less like a service, but more like, you know, just a circle of friends and like in a family that you can feel comfortable with and that you can have a good time with them. Um, it's always fun because friends have fun. And sometimes there's snacks. I don't know about Ryan though. We'll talk about that later. Every time. Yes. <laughs> But like I said, most importantly, the goals I found, like the, fa the family that I thought I had on campus that can really, I could feel like I could, I could have fun with them, I could grow in the word with them, and we could grow as friends, kind of hang out outside of campus and really feel like I could go to them with anything that's going on, and that we could celebrate the good things that happen, but also kind of come together when, you know, one of us is struggling and kind of uh, pray together and really work through our problems together in a, in a way that makes us feel like we belong. So I think it's the biggest uh, biggest point there. There's a lot of core groups. I don't know if we can put that slide back up, but it, we're gonna, I think some of them are going to be having lunch after this. So if there's a specific one that you're interested in, like if you're an engineer, like most of the guys here, you can, you can talk to Dakota and Noah since they're meeting on North, but you can talk to any of them. And if you don't know who they are, we'll, we'll, we'll point them out to you. So just feel free to come and, uh, and ask us any question that you'd like. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it, Yoel. Thanks. Thanks for serving. Thanks for uh, stepping out as a leader. Um, awesome. So yeah, typically what we would do after the message is go into a song of worship as a response, but our response today is going to be a little different. So we wanted to kind of respond by trying to live out a little Acts 2. If you remember in Acts 2, they ate their meals together. So see, like eating lasagna is actually spiritual. It's scriptural eating food together. And so what we're hoping for a response is, um, if you're new here, some of the core leaders are about to talk with you, and hopefully you guys can go get some food together. Take them, take them to a good restaurant. Man. Take them to one of your favorite places on campus. Let's just uh, try to go have some fun together, okay? Let's go eat some food, get to know each other. And our small groups are starting this coming week. So this is it. Core group leaders are kicking it off. Love to have you guys in it. But I want to pray for you and bless you. Again, thanks for being here. Can't wait to get to know you guys. I know our core leaders really are looking forward to getting to know you as well. So let's pray and then uh, let's, let's connect and hopefully get some food together. So Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you that you are the creator of family. It is your idea. And as we step out in families, 
we are stepping into your beautiful will and purpose. And we thank you for your church, which is your family on earth. And I pray for your highest blessing today over every person here. I pray that they will find a spiritual family this year. God, we pray that they will grow in you, that you'll protect them from the devil, that you'll surround them with your Holy Spirit, and that, Lord, this will be the greatest year of their life. So, God, we thank you for it, and thank you for this wonderful worship service you've given us. And we ask it all in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you guys.